doing? How you feeling? How you living? Thanks for joining me today. It's your girl Akua, your host for Dem Coins Podcast, where we help millennials of faith gain clarity on what they truly value, manage and increase their income, and crush their financial goals. And today's guest is my good friend, Veronica Tab. She's a real estate agent. She's going to talk a little bit about her journey and also what to expect when it comes to the new trends in real estate. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. I hope you all are doing well. Oh, summertime is finally amongst us, and I am so, so happy to just be outside you know, enjoy the weather. Some concerts are opening back up. Some things are opening back up to full capacity. I don't know about all that, but hey, to each its own. I hope you all are staying safe out here in these streets. And speaking of in these streets, um, something really interesting happened um, as I was taking my walk this morning. A woman um, and her baby were, you know, walking on the same street as I was. And the woman just smiled and waved at me and said hi. And then her baby waved at me. And I felt the Denzel tear, you know, come in the corner of my eye. And I'm like, why am I so emotional that this woman just said hi to me? But it was that I realized that it had been literally over a year since someone has, you know, a complete stranger has waved at me, you know, and a stranger has seen me and their first impulse wasn't to run to the other side of the street. Like this pan, I am really curious. And again, I know we're a finance show, but I'm really curious to see what the psychological impact of COVID has been on, especially our children, right? Like it's going to be really, really interesting to see those studies and, you know, May was Mental Health Awareness Month, so I hope you guys enjoyed the Booked and Busy um, episode. It was a short, quick one, but I felt that, you know, it's important to take care of ourselves holistically, right? Because what's the point of getting all these coins if we're depressed, if we're down and out? So definitely get the help you need, not just in the month of May, but, you know, all year round. And so now we're going to get into today's episode. Now, quick disclaimer. Disclaimer, we did film this episode, tape it, record it, what have you, <laughs> um, a few months ago. So if you've been following any sort of real estate news, you know that a lot has changed. Um, there's definitely still great nuggets in this episode. Uh, my friend is fairly new to real estate, but um, on this platform, I am all about elevating the regular degular people um i understand that we want to talk to you know the the, the elon muskuses and you know uh the people making trillions in their industry but i really do think it's important to also talk to people who have um, are at the beginning of their careers and have taken the bold step right to step away from what they know is familiar to then also give us the courage right to step out in faith and to go uh, fulfill our dreams. Um, but yeah, and real estate, um, as you've been seeing, you know, the trends, um, the price of lumber, hello, uh, developers are uh, kind of in a crunch because as many of you know, the pandemic affected 
all industries and specifically supply chains. So we're low on lumber and the price of lumber, right? Simple supply and demand has gone through the roof. So a lot of developers are scrambling to get the raw materials, specifically lumber, but a lot of different materials to build houses. A lot of people are looking at alternative sources to build houses. Everything from, I heard some developers are using hemp, like H-E-M-P, hemp, to build houses. Some people are looking to stone and concrete. So it's going to be really interesting to see if this changes, you know, um, the structures of uh, our buildings here in uh, the good old U.S. Also, we've seen them interest rates climb up a bit, right? You know, the 1%, 2% is going back up to 3 4 5% as the economy is rebounding. People are getting, you know, people are consistently, you know, still getting their refund money. Um, and also the moratorium on uh, evictions has been lifted in most states. So I know in my state, uh, the state of Illinois, uh, our governor recently passed, um, I think it's like a billion dollar relief fund for people who are struggling uh, paying their rent. Um, and that money is directly paid to your landlord or your company that manages your building. So if you want more information from that and you're in Illinois, let me know and I'll send you the deets on that. And I also can't forget the crazy bidding wars. Oh my gosh. People, one of my mom's really good friends has a home that's a, worth a little over a million dollars. And do you know that she got a cash offer? Yes, a cash offer for a million dollar home. Like how do us regular people compete, right? So we talk about this in the episode, some different strategies that you can use. And we talk a little bit about uh, bidding wars and you know, just the craziness in the market. I mean, man, it's getting really competitive out here in these streets. So let me stop with the preamble and let me uh, just briefly introduce our guest. Veronica Tab has worked in customer service for the last 17 years, including leadership and management roles in the travel and hospitality industry. But in 2020, she recently decided to make a change and fulfill a longtime passion of wanting to be a real estate agent. In October 2020, she passed her her real estate broker exam. In December, she's now signed with Caldwell Banker Realty in the Hyde Park area of Chicago. As a newbie agent, she prides herself on dedication, persistence, advocacy for her clients, and creating the best experiences possible. So without further ado, let's get into this interview. Hello and welcome, DC family. We've got another special guest. We have Veronica Tab. Yay! Hi. <laughs> How you doing, Veronica? I am doing well. I'm doing well. I am enjoying my time in thanks to this snow. Right. I'm snowed in. Yep, I'm yep. going to stay snowed in. <laughs> right, right, right. About 70% of the country is snowed in, so we all go yeah. chill out. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Veronica, you know, we're going to um, kind of just ask some general questions about how you got started in real estate, and then we'll kind of ask your predictions. Um, family, as always, this is for entertainment purposes only. Don't come for us with no nonsense, okay? Right. We're just giving Don't our opinions. Me. Right, right. 
<laughs> Look, this is this is my personal opinion. I didn't okay. get this off of block this this page. This right, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Absolutely. Come All right. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So Veronica, so you've you um you have experience in you know customer um a customer service for quite some time. So what made you want to make that shift into real estate and why specifically a broker? Because you can do so many things with real estate. So I'm curious as to why you picked specifically to be a broker. Um, real estate. I've actually wanted to do real estate since I was 17 years old. And it is so odd when I decided to finally go ahead and, oh, you know, start for my license, take the classes and everything. Um, briefly, right before my exam, I found this letter that I was writing for an acceptance letter for a scholarship I received when I went to school. And literally in the letter, it was like, I wanted to be a real estate broker. I wanted to start my own business, get back to my community. And I was just like, wow look at God. Um, you can definitely have the plan if God orders the steps. Absolutely. Oh, that's so good. So this has been a seed sown really early and now yes. it's blooming. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So in the market, generally speaking, in the United States, we're currently pretty much in a seller's market. I mean, especially in, you know, the metropolitan city that we live in. I mean, you can easily see 10 offers for the same house and it's like, okay, we get it. You know, we got low interest rates and things like that. We're trying to stimulate the economy. So when do you kind of predict this bubble is going to kind of burst? Cause it's been like this pretty much since COVID. Um, honestly, I'm thinking as soon as this memorandum is lifted, um, we're going to see a different change in things. Um, I know a lot of homeowners, current homeowners um, that are landlords and such, they are waiting. They're waiting. They're stuck in a process because no one can really do an eviction process right now. Um, so they're accumulating the debt of their, their leaseholders yet they have to still pay the mortgages on their own property. And so it's kind of, it's a catch 22 for that homeowner. And you're like, okay, I can't pay my mortgage. Um, my lessee is the person who's supposed to be paying the mortgage. Um, I need to get them out, but I can't because by law, I can't remove them. Um, and I think we're gonna see a change then um, as far as the interest rates, I've heard that the interest rates will eventually rise once COVID is lifted with all of the different restrictions we have, because um, that's going to open the door up for, okay, more people are, they we know they can buy it, they, they're going to buy. Um, so now we can lift the interest rates because we have more options. So that's what I, I foresee. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, I guess that makes sense because COVID kind of started it. So then COVID will kind of 
almost kind of ended as, you know, we've seen vaccines, they're now reporting, you know, sort of positive statistics regarding it. So yeah, so in the midst of that, so a lot of us have, you know, dreams of being, you know, landlords, you know, having a couple properties, a couple of doors. So what do you suggest, right? Because this, even though COVID will come and go, there's going to be economic global disasters that will come in the future. So when there are times when, you know, unemployment is super high or, you know, something happens that affects our economy and then in turn trickles down to the everyday folks, what do you recommend for small landlords when they're dealing with, you know, um, tenants who aren't paying or, you know, economic issues? Um, Definitely. I know you cannot control your tenants per se, like, okay, you're going to vet them and they're going to keep their job and they're going to have this job for 20 years and they know that you're going to have your rent. But more so, you do want to build a rapport with your tenants so you can kind of know or kind of gauge who they are and their kind of, you know, their ethics. Um, You can kind of gauge that per se and not just with, you know, you're running credit, you're doing applications and all that stuff too. But especially you being a small landlord, you have the opportunity to build a rapport with your tenants so that you can get to know them and they'll feel more comfortable like hey Miss Jones I'm going through the situation right now um I want to pay my rent but this is what's going on you know so um maybe that person that that tenant is like hey I can't give you my 850 today but and I know it's due on the first but I got 700 right now and I can give you the other 150 on two weeks from now. Um, but that's because you establish a rapport, you're a good landlord to them, and you're they're being a good tenant to you as much as they possibly can under under the situation. Yeah, so that yeah, that's really good because um I know sometimes landlords get a bad rap, you know, oh everybody's a slumlord, but there are some good ones out there for sure that yeah. Yeah, that relationship building, that's a really, that's a really good tip that I don't think I've ever heard or like read in any blog. There's usually like, here's a documentation process and this is how you do it as opposed to just talk to people like they're people. (laughs) You got to remember during this time, we're all going through this. This isn't just, just okay, them. It's not just you. Um, We're, every person is affected one way or another. And you got to remember at the end of the day, treat people how you want to be treated. I know, yes, the the bank want to treat you a certain way, but if if tenant A is willing to still pay you, you know, you got to work you as the owner of the building, you still got to work that out with that bank. Um, But, you know, at this particular time, a lot of banks are trying to work with those people too. So if you got a tenant willing to work with you and your bank is willing to work with you as the landlord, hey, take advantage, definitely. Absolutely, yeah, that is so good. So then, in just in your personal opinion, do you recommend that people should be investing in real estate, you know, kind of with, with everything going on? Or do you feel like, oh, people should kind of hold off? Just your own personal opinion on it. <laughs> My personal opinion, real estate is real estate is real estate. Real estate is probably one of the one things that will change as far as 
um, being, not saying being available, because yeah, it's a little scarce out here. It's the seller's market, but um, you'll always have real estate. Um, someone's always going to be buying or selling a property at any given moment. Um, so if you have the funds to invest strategically, I'll say strategically because with this being a seller's market, you got people giving outrageous offers and some of these properties are not appraising for that offer amount. You got to come out of your pocket with that. So um, making sure that you are investing strategically in the particular property that you're interested in. Um, I'm not going to say don't put your best offer up front now during the seller's market, but definitely make sure you're not doing anything outlandish like $50,000 more than this property is really worth um, so that you can actually get the property that you want. Yeah, that is so good. You brought up a really good point. So then in the home buying process, right? So when you say, okay, um, I'm putting in an offer for $300,000 for a property the bank goes in, they appraise it. They say, no, it's actually worth 250. So do you always have to put up the extra 50,000 or like, are there other options? Um, if you have the cash to do so, yes. <laughs> but um, in that sense, if that property does not appraise, you have a decision to make. Um, because you probably, if that deal does go through, the bank is only going to loan you what that property is worth. So you have to make the decision. Do I put up the extra funds or do I walk away? Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that makes sense. Whew. So do you, hmm, I guess this is sort of another side question. Off of that. That's okay. <laughs> so, so do you find that, okay, if, if a buyer or if a buyer finds themselves in that situation and they go back to the seller and say, hey, it appraised for $50,000 left. Do you find that sellers are usually receptive to that or they're like, no, we sticking with the offer that we originally talked about? Um, with me being a newbie right now, I have yet to experience that for myself. Um, but I do have friends that I do know that they flip, they flip properties. Um, I've had them say that they pretty much finished their flip, had the property reappraised, like they had it appraised the first time. And he was like, it appraised like $90,000 less than what they were anticipating. So they ended up getting it appraised again and it appraised way better than that first appraisal. So some, I believe that may be an option for you to say, hey, I want a second appraisal. You know, I don't believe what this person, you know, appraised this property for. Um, so that might be an option. But um, yeah, but a deal can get canceled at that point because what happens is it's under a contingency of the approval. So pretty much your contract is under a contingency process. So what you're awaiting is not only is the bank trying to bet your side, your credit, et cetera, making sure that you have your funds in order, but also on the seller side, making sure that property is going to appraise for the value that they're offering and what you have to pay as the person purchasing it. So um, it's a two-way street. So you have to make sure they have their side together and you have yours 
And if that happens where, you know, that property is not worth that amount that you're offering and the bank is not willing to pay, that deal can get canceled because of that contingency. Got it. Yeah, that's why people say home buying can be stressful because. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, it can. <laughs> Absolutely. So then, uh, so, you know, you mentioned that you're a newbie, right? But you're getting your feet yeah. wet and you clearly seem to have a good like network of other professionals as well. So what are some of your tips if, you know, if I'm trying to get started in uh, real estate as a broker, as a newbie? Um, definitely while you're taking your exam or per, well, no, your classes, not your exam, because you have to take your classes first, your 75 hours worth of classes. Um, while you're in that process, I would definitely say start researching what company you work for. There are hundreds and hundreds of companies that are out here. Um, you know, a lot of people are just like, oh, they just want a commission, like, but at least with the state of Illinois, you have to work under somebody um, for at least two years. Um, and then with that, you want to make sure you're doing your research, making sure, hey, what does this company offer to me? Because you have to remember, you're not getting necessarily hired by them, but they're working side by side with you to perfect your business. As a broker, you are a business. Um, you're, you're not an employee. You're, this is your business and you get what you put into it, which is what you get out of it. Um, and you want to have the right company backing you to get out of it, your, your goals. So you want to make sure, hey, this company offers me this training. Um, yeah, okay, you're going to have to give up some of your commission for every deal that you got. But hey, sometimes it's worth it depending on the research you've done and the information that they teach you to make you successful. And so definitely in the process of that time, make sure you're researching what company you want to work with, not for, but with, to take you to that next level. Okay, that's good. So, okay, if I understood that correctly, did you say that when you work with a brokerage you have when you first come out and you pass your exam you have to work with the brokerage for two years before you then go and say I want to create you know Veronica Tab LLC real estate extraordinaires moguls (laughs) (laughs) so initially you can create your LLC out the gate like if I wanted to I have not yet but I plan on eventually doing so I'm going to create an LLC a company name that company does is backed by my company right now that I'm working for is Coldwell Banker. So in other words, Veronica Tab Realty, if that's what I would name my LLC, um, will be backed by Coldwell Banker. So then Coldwell Banker will pay Veronica Tab LLC in which Veronica Tab LLC will pay Veronica Tab, the person, um, for their commission. So that's how that will work. But either way, as a licensed broker, you have to work under a real estate company, i.e. Coldwell Banker, um, for two years. 
not saying you have to stay with that specific broker for that two years, because if you don't like what a banker is offering, hey, I can switch switch over to, I'm just name dropping, um, Keller Williams. Um, so if the company doesn't work for you, then you can switch, but you still have to have your operating license for two years before you can create your own. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. I didn't know that. Okay, yeah. okay. <laughs> that look, I, I learned that in the in my my classes, the seventy five hours. So I was like, oh, that's how that works. So yep, yep, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. So, it, uh, so speaking of kind of like classes and all that sort of thing. So, what are some of your sort of favorite real estate resources to kind of stay on top of? You know all the real estate news and things like that? Um, I definitely do use like um, Wall Street Journal, all of this stuff coming out of the Apple app, the news app, um, Wall Street Journal, definitely Apple News, um, trying to you pretty much see what's going on um, with the economy. And you want to stay on top of the economy too, because that's going to also determine which way that market can or cannot sway. Um, like I said, this is a seller's market. Everybody knows this is a seller's market right now. The seller is winner today. Um, the seller is getting multiple offers on these properties and they, they have a choice. Um, the buyers are running up to these sellers, to these homes like, man, if I would only got here yesterday, I would have been able to put an offer on this house. But they already accepted something yesterday. Um, we've heard of people getting... Um, I'm in a group. Someone had an offer on one home, 65 offers. Get out. 65 offers on Six one five. home. Yes. Yes. Wow. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, that was Georgia. I know Georgia. Ooh, they are killing the game right now. Wow. wow, um, wow. <laughs> yes. 65 offers. And I think she said in 24 hours. So literally, like, we're not seeing that right now here yet in Illinois, but it's not saying that it's not possible because the inventory and versus how many buyers are available now. Um, but yes, they, they have options. The seller has options. Ooh, yes, they yes. do. Wow. 60. That, I, I don't think I've ever heard that before. Yes. My mouth dropped when I read that. I was like, what? <laughs> Wow. So then as the homeowner, like what are some things I should do? Cause I've heard, I've heard a couple of things, but I'd be really interested from your, like yours perspective. What are some things you can do to kind of leverage, you know, um, if, if you don't have, you know, a hundred thousand dollars of cash to just like, be like, here you go. <laughs> like what, what are some things we can do to, you know, stand out in a good way? <laughs> um, one thing I have heard um, people do sometimes is they write letters along with their offers, like letting them know why they want this home. Like, oh, me and my family outgrew the home. Um, this neighborhood is awesome, has a great school system. Um, we've really been trying to get in this neighborhood for years because of our family expanding. We would love to raise our children here. You know, just different things like giving the offer personality, I'll say it like that, so that this person's like, you know, 
this person did offer me $2,000 more, but this family really could use that. If that person has a conscience, if it's not just about the money, <laughs> but, um, <Yeah. laughs> um, some, you know, but I've, I've heard of things like that standing out to different sellers. Like, you know what, I'm going to give this, this family a shot because, Hey, you know, this person only offered me $2,000 more. The offer is virtually the same. Um, yeah, let, let's give the, let's do it to them. Um, but the thing about it, every offer has to be presented to that seller as a, as the agent. So they'll send those offers to me as an agent. I have to present every offer. So I kind of feel sorry for that person who had the 65 offers because it's like, dang, you have to send all 65 of them offers to her. Right. So, yes. Oh, we so then in that case, because you sort of work as like a middle woman in the transaction. Do you ever, like with your recent transaction, like do you ever feel like, oh, like I'm particularly leaning towards this family. So I'll kind of push for that family a little more or? <laughs> um, not so much because it really depends on, in this particular transaction, I would say, um, because I had to be there because the seller was still currently living in the home. So I couldn't just, hey, there's a lockbox, there's keys, this, the code is XYZ, get the key out the door, you go see the house and then let me know when you're done. Um, so I had to physically be there. That's not always the case with every house that you're seeing. Um, I will say that from this particular deal, it was interesting seeing the, the different people come with their families, their kids, and it's like, you don't know who's going to put the offer on or who's not going to put the offer on. And it's just like, you know, oh, we'll see what happens. And they, oh, that was a nice family. Like, you know, I hope, you know, things work out for whatever they're looking for. So it's just like, you know, you can only hope for the benefit. Like maybe this home will go to a good person, you know, the person who deserves it or, you know, who needs it. Um, and it's kind of hard that looking at it that way, because again, it's not about me. It's about the seller, what they want to um, accept as an offer and that buyer presenting everything that they need for the offer to be legitimate. Um, so I've, I had an instance where a buyer did not have sufficient proof of funds but they're telling me, oh, this is, you need this. It's going to be that. This is going to be this. We're going to have this at the table. I was like, I need that in writing so I can present that so that your offer could be viable to my seller. Because what do you do? I don't want the offer because it doesn't tell me the story of where you're going to get this money from. So, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Because, yeah, you got to have your stuff in order before you buy a home. Yes, like you got to have. Yes, you got to have every T cross and every I dotted in the at Jump Street in this market right now. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Well, that was, wow. Those are some great, great tips. Yeah, I don't think I've, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard of like writing in letters. That's interesting. I, you know, I was thinking, you know, just going around, praying around the house, getting some holy oil and speaking. <laughs> Look, look, God will honor that too, but yes, but God will show you, hey, you know, this seller, she reads, like, she gonna read that letter, like, 
Bad. So I'll do both. I'll ask, I'll go around the house and pray, and then I'll send the letter. Okay. <laughs> that is so good. Oh, that is fantastic. So with um with real estate, I know as you said that um this could be super duper encouraging for you know people who are just starting out. So from your journey, like if you could bring it back all the way back okay. to like 17 till now. Is there anything <laughs> that you would change about your journey this far? Um, I definitely would have did it sooner. Um, I actually, when I got out of school in 2009, I am the recession baby. Um, Saying, whoop, whoop, yay, recession yeah. baby. <laughs> <laughs> I am a recession baby who could not find the the sufficient job that I thought I would have had coming out of college. Um, and I ended up working as a closing assistant in a real estate office for a year and a half. And um, I learned a lot of back end stuff about contracts, which is why I'm a stickler. Like if I have a buyer, like, no, this is stuff you need to have. So you want to see this house and you fall in love with this house. This is A, B, C, D, E, F, G that you need to have so that I can submit it today when I leave this house so that you can get this house. Um, I would have done it sooner. Um, I wasn't getting paid much at, the, at that particular brokerage. Um, so between trying to have means of living, means of getting to work, trying to pay student loans, et cetera. Um, and knowing that those classes at that particular time cost like 500, 600, $700 a pop, like just for the classes. We're not talking about your license, your memberships and things of that sort that you need or your promos and everything else that you need as a realtor. Um, I wasn't ready. So if I would have known that, what, 10, 12, 13 years later, I was still going to end up trying to do it anyway, I probably would have did it in about five or six years. So, um, but you know what, to each his own, God does not make any mistakes. God has a appointed time for everything. Um, he knew what he was doing. So I'm just going to take it as is. I can't say what, what I've done or oh, I wish I would have did it sooner. But yes, I wish I would have done it sooner, but God knows better. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh yeah, that is so good. Cause it's so funny how things we think are lost just kind of loop back around. Yeah. It's like, yes. <laughs> took, a, took a little bit away, but hey, yeah. right where we need to be. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, Veronica, Gems, I, th this was such good, actionable stuff. I kind of wanted to touch on a bit of everything. So I, yeah. I love that we were able to kind of tap a little bit of, you know, landlording and investing and a little bit of, you know, just primary home buyers and then you, also your own experience. So we're just going to kind of do like little wrap up questions. So okay. the first one is, uh, what is your current favorite piece of advice or your current mantra that you're living by right now? Um, current favorite 
piece of advice. Um, just talked to my uncle the other day who has been doing home inspections for the last, I, I want to say 25, but it might almost be 30 um, in the state of Illinois. And he was like, every day at the end of that, you have to believe in yourself first. He's like, I believe in me. I don't care what the other person may believe or how they feel, but I got to believe in me first. So he's like, once you get that instilled into you, you gotta, you'll be able to run with it. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice. It's such a simple concept, but in practice, it's hard. Because recently I've been working through that in my own life. Yeah. And... I felt like, cause yeah, cause I felt like when I came out of school, I was just like fearless. I was like, you couldn't tell me anything. I was going to be <laughs> all the things. And then like, oh, life happens and you get kind right. of knocked down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so it's like, I'm kind of on this curve. I'm like kind of trying to reestablish that because yeah. if you don't truly believe in yourself, like it carries into everything you do. And you so do. you're performing at maybe 80, 90%, but that extra 10% may be the thing that takes you to the next level. So, right. Yeah, that is so good. Yep. It's so simple, but it's so good. Yeah, like believe yes. in yourself for real. <laughs> believe in yourself and definitely to add on to that part, definitely faith, have faith. Um, faith is the substance of those things not seen and those things hope for. Your hope is that your business is successful. You have to continue to have faith no matter what it looks like. Because I'm telling you, like in the beginning, right now, I'm like, I don't know how this is going to be successful, God, but I'm going to trust you. Like, I don't know where these clients going to come from, God. I'm, I'm putting myself out there, but I'm going to trust you. Because um, not to say that I don't have people trying to become my client, but it's just more so they have to have their ducks in a row, but we can't go anywhere until they do. So it's just like, you know what, God, I'm going to trust you because I know I do have people who they're rooting for me. I have people out of nowhere rooting for me. Like I had a um, old coworker and old figuratively and literally speaking, he's like 94, 95 years old. And he was like, I was just trying to stop at your hotel to, you know, kind of wish you well on your next journey. Da, 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 da. And I was like, dang, I missed you. And I'm so sad that I missed you. But he's always been like that encouraging voice for me. And like, he'll come out of nowhere and <laughs> he will come see me and come out of nowhere. And I, I love that. Yeah, that, oh, that is so true. It's so interesting how like, God will randomly plant people and they'll kind of pop up out of yes. nowhere. And you're like, thank you. I needed that today. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that, yeah, that's so good. So um, the sort of second question is a little bit of a lighter one. It's um, what's okay. your favorite food or drink? Oh, my favorite food. I love Italian food and I love chicken parmesan. I love a good chicken parmesan. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, yes. And then the third one is what do you want to be remembered for? Um, more than anything, like not fame, not fortune, um, just remembered just being myself, um, an individual, not about what I could do for people or with money, just 
being myself. Um, whether it's being the soft-spoken person, the humble person, just being remembered that, you know, people saw me not because of what I am, but they saw my heart. Yeah. Oh, that is so good. Yes. Because it's so true because in being your authentic self, you give other people the permission to then flourish and be their authentic selves as well. Oh, wow. Thank you so much, Veronica. Oh my gosh. So where can people contact you? If, you know, if they're in Illinois, they just have general questions about real estate or anything like that. Um, yes, I am, live in Chicago. I work in Chicago. I go throughout the suburbs, north, south, east, west. Well, there are no east suburbs, so there's the least. <laughs> but, <laughs> Um, but I, I, I'm, I have no problem traveling just to say that much. And if it's too far for me to travel, I will refer somebody to get you some help. Um, but my contact information, my phone number is 815-501-2092. Um, my email, um, with Coel Banker is Veronica, V-E-R-O-N-I-C-A dot tab that's spelled t a is an apple b is a boy b is a boy at cb realty.com um you can also find me at my page veronica tab dash broker and my personal facebook page ronnie veronica Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Veronica. This was fantastic. Thank you so much yes. for coming on the podcast. Thank you for inviting me. I was a little nervous at first. I'm like, do I really want to do a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> you did. You did such a good job. No, seriously. This was so, so good. Thank you. Thank you. And that wraps up another episode of Dump Coins. I hope you guys enjoyed this as much as we enjoy recording it. Shout out to Veronica. I cannot wait until she opens her own brokerage and we have her back on the show to hear all about her successes in the real estate game. Um, I hope you guys got some actionable nuggets. I know I did. The first one for me was when Veronica talked about getting her brokerage license and being cognizant of uh, which brokerage you want to work for before you even get your license. So that is just a lesson of life of just thinking ahead, right? Even if you don't, you know, want to be a real estate broker, whatever your goals are, keep the end in sight. You know, I know no days are guaranteed as we saw on this last year. I mean, anything could happen. But while the good Lord has given us the grace, right, has given us breath in our lungs, Let's uh let's be strategic and um believe that he will finish the good work within us, right? And also the other major takeaway for me was again the advice that her uncle gave her about you know really believing in yourself, like for real, for real. <laughs> it's such a simple concept. Everyone understands what this means, but in practicality. When you are in the struggle, when you have all the bills lining up, when you have, you know, all the Instagram stunning and it feels like everybody's making it and you're not and it gets rough out here, you know, 
but have faith. Believe that your time is coming. Um, I recently listened to um, a Trevor Noah um, podcast episode of The Daily Show, and there was a gentleman named Ian who got a life sentence at the age of 14 years old, and he found poetry. And the name of his poem was, and his memoir, um, is uh, My Time Will Come. So if this young man who was sentenced to life at 14 years old, luckily he was, you know, pardoned and let go. And, you know, he's telling his story now. But if he was able to do that, I mean, we can have some faith, y'all. So stay encouraged and I'll see you next time. And that pretty much wraps up today's episode. Thank you for joining me. I hope you got some new insights or maybe you just got some confirmation on a couple of things. Let your girl know. Feel free to reach out to me via email. Hello at demcoinsonline.com. Also, feel free to check us out on Instagram, dem.coins. If you have any good topics, cool new strategies, let me know. And while you're at it, feel free to write an awesome five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Tell your friends about me, okay? (laughs) I am so excited for all of us on this journey. And until next time, stay encouraged.